Hello, everybody. This is Dave Juskow from the Dave Juskow Podcast, giving the introduction to the Year of the Godfather final episode, episode five, which we will be presenting today in its entirety, recorded on Tuesday, May 9th, 2017, at the Village Underground in New York City with a cast of thousands. Just a uh, little precursor before we begin the show. As uh, normal, if you've heard the other four episodes, it uh, begins with me doing my uh, lovely introductions to the show, whatever they may be. And then we have the lovely comedian Jessica Curson, who really hit a home run. Uh, her act was uh, terrific, built up the show so people were ready for The Godfather to be performed. Uh, then we do The Godfather. Now, this begins with the boardroom scene, uh, as the narrator will explain, Don Corleone, and, of course, it ends with, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, the death of the heads of the five families. Yeah, I went there. And as a note, when we do uh, the death of the five families, what I did in this particular case, and you won't be able to see it, obviously, was I had a video of some friends of mine pretending to be the five families. And those people are at first uh, Jeff Ross. And what what they would do is explain how they get killed in the movie. So it's Jeff, it goes Jeff Ross, Sarah Silverman, me, a Sesame Street puppet or Muppet, and Artie Lang. And those are the videos you will obviously not be able to see, but you will be able to hear them the audience was watching them just record into their phone in horrible, non-high definition. The cast list um, has, uh, as we also explained on stage, I'm just saying, uh, Colin Smith on guitar, Noam Dorman on mandolin, Susan Wang on the accordion, uh, Rick Crome, our narrator, back from hiatus, did a great job, uh, playing Philip Tatalia Cuneo, the Controversial Waiter from History of the World Part 1, as we talked about last week in the podcast, uh, Johnny Fontaine, and little Anthony Corleone is Matteo Lane. William Stevenson plays Clemenza and Porterhouse. <laughs> You'll see what that means later. Lenny Marcus plays Tom Hagen and Anthony Molinari. Greg, o- Greg Rogel plays Fredo, Willie Chichi, and Stracci. Our friend Rachel Feinstein plays Kay Adams and Connie Corleone. Jim Norton, our new friend in this uh, these shows, plays Barzini, Zalucci, and Carlo Rizzi. And, of course, Dan Natterman plays Michael Corleone. Uh, as you know, in the past uh, five episodes, past four episodes, we do read from scripts. People come on and off. There's a couple of mix-ups sometimes. Sometimes people can't get their lines right. As you know, that drives me crazy. But what are you going to do? I think as a whole... It came out pretty good, and I think the audience liked it very much. Oh, I play, me, Dave Jessica, I play Vito Corleone, Tessio, Mo Green, and The Priest. I always forget to talk about myself. But, uh, yeah, that's the story for this last and final episode of The Year of the Godfather, at least the uh, first Godfather movie, the 1972 the Godfather, 
Uh, did it in five parts. This was the final part, as I said before, performed on May 9th at the Village Underground in front of a live hot audience uh, on Tuesday night down in the basement of a comedy club. But a fun time was had by all. I'd like to thank everybody who's been uh, listening to all the Godfathers. We move on in September to Greece. Yeah, you heard me. The movie Greece, which will be performed at the same place uh, coming up on September 12th. Anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed performing it for you and the audience. And I guess that's all I have to say. Please enjoy the show. So long, the Dangerous Scout Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you've seen him on Crashing. Make some noise for the Don himself, Dave Juskow. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for coming to the final. What the hell is, what kind of club is this? Thank you for coming to the final Godfather, the final Godfather part one. Oh, there's plenty more where that came from. How many people have been here for all five Godfathers? Yes. Just assume that area over there. Excellent. I was going to get shirts. I've been to all five Godfathers, but um, I cheaped out. So uh, I Jewed out. All right. All right. All right. We all know how it is. We all know how it is. I still use that term, Jew them down. I can't help it because it's, I'm allowed to. Yeah. Boom. Um, good. What a great crowd. Everybody's excited. It's an exciting evening. We're going to have a great show for you. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm very excited. Hello, people in front. How are you? Nice to see you. Very brave. Actually, there's nothing to be brave about. I mean, nobody's going to make fun of you tonight, right? You can be making fun of us because we don't know how to read from a piece of paper or something like that because we read from scripts on the stage. Have you guys seen the sh- any of the shows before? No. Yeah, we'll see if you're in for I'd like to say you're in for a treat, but I don't know. And you have to judge for yourself. You might be like, what the hell is this? Why, did I, why, why am I here? Why are, we, why are they reading from scripts? I can't memorize. But no, we're comics. We don't know how to memorize. We don't know anything about acting. But uh, everybody does what they can. We also have a band and everything, but we'll talk about all that later. Let me explain something. That um, after this show, uh, this being the final Godfather, um, in December, we will be doing a reading of Love Actually for the ladies. Um, Yes, the Christmas show continues. Last year we did uh, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, and uh, it went swimmingly, and it was a musical. Uh, Most of you weren't born when it aired, so nobody really knew the music from it, so they thought we just made it up, which is great. Oh, yes. That's my Mr. Magoo. Thank you. Uh, Nobody cared then either. Nobody cared then either when I did it. I used to do an amazing imitation of Mr. Mr. Magoo getting fucked in the ass, and um, then people were like, stop doing it. Nobody knows who it is, but uh, do should I? Oh, no. Oh, 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 yes. Yes. Oh, oh, I can see. I can see. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. Yes, it's not, it's a a classic in a way, but um, no, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. But the big news, ladies, is that we're doing, on September 12th, we will be doing, just like this, we do this, we will be doing Grease. That's right. Big news. And then, uh, you know, in March, we'll go back to the, the manly stuff. We'll be doing Goodfellas. 
I know. Exciting, right? Big announcements. Big announcements. But I've been waiting to do Grease. You know, um, Noam, the, uh, the band leader, the, the owner of this establishment, he's always like, let's do a musical. Let's do The Sound of Music. But that has Nazis and stuff, and it just seemed inappropriate. Although, in a place where Anne Frank could have been, maybe, I don't know, it could work. Uh, you know, I wanted to do a scene where Michael Caine would be in The Sound of Music, but he's too loud. He goes, are we going to say right off on roses now? Okay, no, that's not going to happen. But... Um, but Greece is the word. <laughs> oh, no. This is not good. Um, I'm obsessed with Greece. I've been obsessed with Greece for a long time. I've been waiting to play Rizzo my entire life. Thank you, because now I am the exact age I believe Stalker Channing was when she was in the show. Thank you. The day I turn 50, I realize I'm ready. Um... I'm pretty sure she was at least that age. They all were. Um, I've never seen 40-year-old, you know, uh, pink ladies before, but the, they seem to be in that movie. So um, I am obsessed, but... Uh, and I'm excited, you know, to play Rizzo. But uh, since I was a kid, when I saw the movie, I had many questions. You know, I've, obviously the movie's ridiculous, but it still... Uh, even as a kid, I was like, there's, there's some points here that I'm having some trouble with that I like to point out, uh, which, you know, obviously we'll, we'll talk about in September. But, for instance, Sandy and Danny are summer lovers. We know this. this summer loving, first song. So that means they've been on a beach in California. We know that. For, what, three months? I don't know how the system works in California, but let's just say May to August or whatever. They hang around each other, but apparently their conversation is so unbelievable. And remember this. John Travolta's an idiot, right? So we know how he is. He's like, what, where, what's happened, right? He doesn't have much to say. And Olivia Newton-John is so bad, her husband tried to fake his own death. So she clearly is extremely vapid. We know she's hot, but this is a true story. Tried to die in a bizarre boating accident, which was my plan, and then this guy stole it from me. So, but the whole summer they're together, but not once is the, the conversation so fascinating. Nobody mentions what high school they go to in case Sandy's plans change. She doesn't go to Australia. I go to Rydell High. You know, if you're in town, if your plans change, I'm just saying I go to Rydell. It's right down the street. Can't miss it. And it's funny, she comes back and she goes, I don't know, you must go to high school around here somewhere. I should probably look them up. They have yellow pages, right? I know there's no internet, but I'm just saying, seems like it would be pretty easy. You know, I met a dude here over the beach. He was awesome. Um, it, that bothered me. I remember when I was a kid, I think I saw it with my father, and I'm like, here's the problem I'm having with this. <laughs> That's the way I used to talk when I was nine. So, But the, uh, my biggest problem is... In the scene where John Travolta finally sees Olivia Newton-John, who is so hot, is anyone in agreement that she's not just 70s hot, she's hot forever? Yeah. Right, right. It's not like when your parents would tell you, oh, you got to see it happen one night, because uh, there's a, who's in that? Claudia, right. She's 20s hot, and that's it. You know, I'm just saying. Olivia Newton-John's super hot. So why is he so embarrassed to say that I am dating this girl who's way hotter than any of you pink ladies, and he's embarrassed in front of a couple guys named Sonny, Putsy, and the guy's name is Duty. Right. It's like, no, Duty, I've never seen him before. I don't know. This is crazy. 
Duty, you gotta believe me. Duty, he's trying to impress a guy named Duty. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, I remember as a kid, I'm like, if the guy's name is Duty, why does he give me? I mean, I'm just saying, John is probably the coolest guy ever. Why is he trying to impress these bozos, let alone, it's the hottest pink lady anyone's ever seen. She's clearly maybe even in her teens, not the 40-year-olds that are hanging around. And they're all idiots, too. And this really made me angry when I was a kid. But the best was the fact that the guy's name was Duty. Now, there's nothing funnier. And I don't know who wrote this script. But why you would write somebody's a character's name is Duty, I don't know. And to this day, I still have trouble with it. Now, here's what happened to me. I was so obsessed with the guy being named Duty, that I was on the, there was a TV show called Make Me Laugh years ago. Has anyone ever heard of it? It was long ago, it didn't last very long. And I was <clears throat> on that show, that's why you've never heard of me before. And, um, and the idea is the contestant comes up and they can win money if they don't laugh. And I got up there for one minute, you have one minute, and just pretty much gave him this entire spiel about Duty for one minute. And I was just like, no, you, you know, you're missing the point. The guy's name is Duty. <laughs> okay, let me start over and explain it to you again. And the guy's like sitting there going, this is the easiest money I'm gonna make. This is unbelievable, I'm not laughing. He didn't even crack a smile. It was an embarrassment to the entire television studio audience. I mean, I just realized, like, Duty! Even saying the word Duty, how are you not laughing at that? Which is, it's happening right now. You see what I'm saying? I know, I know, but I'm obsessed, right? So it gets worse. After I leave, this kid comes up, a comic, and he's a puppeteer. And he has those puppets that have like the legs, that pants, and a big head. So he's he walking like, it's, you're already laughing once you see the puppet. So the guy's already like this. He's already pulling a Harvey Corman. Uh, he's going to laugh. But then the puppet says, duty! And the guy goes, ah! <laughs> and he just laughs unbelievably. And then they cut to me, and I'm like this. This is completely humiliating. But the worst part is, it gets worse. The worst part is, is this particular comedian was an Orthodox Jew, and he could not work on Fridays, but he chose this one Friday to come out and curse God and say, well, this will help my career just to make me look ridiculous. <laughs> I bought it around again. See what I'm saying? Um, I hate that guy, and uh, I, hope, uh, I hope he's not doing anything. Thank you. Mark Weiner. Mark Weiner, exactly. <laughs> you know exactly what it, these guys know. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, let's uh, start the show. We got something to pick you up and uh, entertain you this evening before we start the big show. Please welcome to the stage one of the funniest people you're ever going to be. Please welcome Jessica Carson. Here she is. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Oh, my God. Was someone just singing? Did you guys just sing? Oh, they're comics over there. I didn't know what, you guys have a whole fucking spread. Was there like a buffet? I performed at a country club today for 40 year old Jappy girls in Roslyn, Long Island. It's totally true, in front of a salad bar that was 70 feet long. There wasn't one thing that wasn't in that fucking salad bar. And I kept saying, people are dying everywhere um, and don't even have a grain of rice. And there is every single, I may bomb on purpose. Um, I have to decide if I wanna leave here and feel okay. You know, I don't know, I don't know yet. 
It's a little, this is going to work right now. Like, I feel like I have to really work, kind of massage you. Isn't that a disgusting term? I have to massage the audience into letting go. How are you? Right, there's Jews in the crowd. This has been a very Jewish day for me. Um, I'm going to leave here and eat a live pig. I'm not, it's not even going to be dead yet. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat it alive in front of some of you. Can you please smile at me? I have issues with my mother. You're literally just staring at me. You should try this. It's not easy. Anyway, so um, I wish there were more mics and shit around me while I'm performing. You know, I just, I wish there was like an armoire, a marching band. Like I just... Um, oh God, I just really, I may wear a burqa from that show today that I did. I don't even think burqas are that bad. They're very slimming, I have to say. I, I feel that, that they're slimming and you can hide everything you want under them. You can binge eat and play with yourself all day and all people see are your eyes. It's really amazing. Just everything you feel shameful about, you can do. I'm holding onto the mic like this because I feel defensive. Anyway, I was just in West Virginia. Um, that is the whitest place I have ever been in my entire life. I don't know if you knew that. Some of the people are actually see-through. Um, I was sitting with this woman and I was like, you have an ovarian cyst. Does it help if I keep my face like that? That's how I feel internally all day. I just want all of you to know this. This is how I'm just anxious all day. Nothing's helping. Um, I guess the woman thought I was ethnic looking because I have dark curly hair, but I'm Austrian Polish from New Jersey. I'm Jewish. Like, there's nothing going on. But she was like, what's your background? What's your background? This actually happened. Where are you from? What's your background? So I was like, oh, la, 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 la. and she ran away. And the whole town was evacuated. It was a fucked up situation. Plus, I was riding a camel and eating baba ganoush. So that was probably confusing. There's some comics in the crowd that are comparing themselves to me. Anyway, so I see them. I see them over there. Just... Um, <laughs> I love this over here. I, um, yeah, it's great. Are there any Jewish people in the crowd besides all the comics? Are there any... Are you Jewish? Where'd you go to camp? I actually, some of you are so stupid, you think I mean the Holocaust. That's how uneducated some of you are. It's, I mean sleepaway camp. I went to camp for fat kids. Um, some of you will feel bad now because you're thinking about your own weight. But I went, like you don't give a fuck about me. You don't even know me. You're like, I ate too much today. Anyway, so I went, to fat camp, my parents didn't send me, so don't feel bad. It was the best time of my life. I wanted to go. I was like, I want to go to fat camp! With like rugula flying everywhere. Um, I went, it wasn't scary. There were no top bunks. You know, we used to play a lot of fun games like breathing, chafing, try to hide and seek. I. I gave my first hand job in fat camp. That's totally true. This is all true. I did. It took me an hour to find it. I, <laughs> it was his big toe. It was so fucked up. Marshmallow came out. I think it was just coming out of him. It's good you're doing new stuff. You know, it's really good that you're trying some new material, even though it's uncomfortable. Like, you know, the old material will do well, but you're trying the new material. You're doing great. You really are. You're taking a lot of risks on stage. 
You need to be personal. That way you'll get into the HBO Comedy Festival in Aspen. Okay, can you imagine if I lost my mind, like that was still going on? Um, how, oh, Joan. I am... <laughs> I love this crowd. Most of you are great. Some of you are so self-involved. You just can't be present. I know people very well because I went for a master's in social work and now I'm a traveling clown. I, um, some, some, there's some reason why that didn't get across. That joke didn't get across to the crowd. Like something happened, but it's, it doesn't mean it's not funny. It's funny. You're doing great. You know, Wheat bread is still bread. It's bread. You lie to yourself that it's okay. It's not a vegetable. Like, you can't juice wheat bread. You're a fucking liar. You lie to yourself all day. All right, I'm doing this because I hear Rachel Feinstein laughing. She's a very close friend of mine. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> so crazy. She brought something to them, and I said, thank you. How are you? Are you, yeah, no, oh, you're so cute. You're adorable. What's your name? What is it? Clara. I love how feminine you are. You're like, Clara? Like, you don't want the food to... I'm so different. I'm like an animal. I don't... I'm actually legally married to another woman, but it's fine because we're both feminine looking. Anyway, so... I mean, it's much easier. Like, if we both had crew cuts and walked in like, Hey, dude, what's going on? Anyone need their oil fixed? We would have a harder time. But she's hot. Like, you would jerk off to her. You would... Um, did you just see how fast I did that? I masturbate very fast because I feel like I don't deserve pleasure. Okay. Like when you masturbate, do you run a bath and light a candle? You look like you really take care of yourself. I turn the lights off, blast ACDC, and attack myself with a jackhammer. It's very, that's it, that's all you're worth. Shut up, dad. Okay, so I'll never make it. So I, um. Danielle's really pretty. Um, people ask us dumb questions like, are you guys sisters? I love that because we both have long curly hair. Are you, I'm like, if sisters finger each other in Home Depot, we're sisters because that's what we do every Sunday. Do you watch lesbian porn? You do? I love that you admitted that. Oh, guys are always like, no. I'm like, bullshit. It's not what you think it is. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, your fingers feel so good on my pussy. Your fingers feel so good. Harder, 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 harder. Real lesbian porn is women just sitting around crying and eating hummus. That's really, it's just a lot of crying. Um... People ask, who's the man? That's another question we always get, which is hysterical, because she's even more feminine. Like, she wears, like, heels and a lot of makeup. They go, who's the man? I'm like, I guess it's me, because I don't listen, and I'm dead inside. <laughs> I know. Look at them. Oh, it's, yeah. Would I be standing here if that weren't true? I mean, this is really a horrific fucking career. This is the worst decision I've ever made. Except for wearing tight clothes in fat camp. That cause problems with a counselor. Okay, so that was funny what I just said, but some of you are getting tense because you have your own history with being inappropriately touched. Um, if anything is going to keep you fat, it's being molested in fat camp. All right, so that was for the comics. So I got married 
to Danielle. Um, I'm Jewish and she's not. Uh, my family did not care it was a woman. I know the Jewish people are going to get this. They were upset that she's not Jewish. Isn't that amazing? I know. You're going to. I'm like, what? that's what you're upset about? It was amazing. Every week I got a call. How can you have pork at the wedding? You cannot serve pork. We have Jewish friends coming. I'm like, that's what you're concerned I'm eating? Uh, that joke makes you nauseous, but it's, it's okay. It's very personal. You just need to keep doing personal stuff. You'll, you'll do great. You're going to make it when you're 60. All right. We have a baby. Um, I didn't have her, but I still am trying to lose the baby weight. We... Um, She's really cute, thank God. She's white and pretty. She's going to have such an easy life. Um, <laughs> that doesn't get a layoff, but I think it's so funny because it's true. It's so true. Um, yeah, she's really cute. Uh, you guys are a great crowd and accepting, but there are some people in this crowd that are evil. Odds are that some of you are disgusting people. Uh, just look at what's going on. Um, so I know that a couple of you probably think that, like, this is what some people think, like Mike Pence, all those people, like, like gay people try to make their kids gay. Like, that's the goal. You know that. I know some of you have heard that. And I have to say, unfortunately, that's true. That is all that we care about, is making her a lesbian, because... We're trying to create more. So we take her to a lot of softball games. We brought her a tool belt, and we named her Ellen. <laughs> I literally just got nauseous when I told that joke. Do you ever get nauseous from your own material, Dan? Yeah. Well, you're dead inside more than I am. You really are. It's okay. You have to be. It's okay. There are um, Jewish people here. Um, I do a lot of shows. Uh, I, I go to Florida a lot. They're horrific. Um, <laughs> all those places like Boca, Tika, and Hunter's Run, you know, they pay a lot. They're horrible, but they pay a lot. So I have to go because I'm the dad. And I just have to do everything now to support the fucking family. Um, <laughs> But all Jewish people have the same face, most of them, even when they're saying something positive. Do you ever notice that? It's gorgeous outside. I'm so grateful I'm healthy. What a delicious appetizer. The fuck is wrong with you? They talk during the show a lot. They, they can't stop talking, and they talk loud because they're deaf. So I have to be patient with that because I can't, you know, they're old. Like, I really try to be loving and patient. But I'll be in the middle of my act, and I'll hear them talking in the crowd. And it's already hard enough to perform for these people. I'll hear this. Like, this is an example. Like, did she just say she's from New Jersey? I think she did say she's from New Jersey. What part of New Jersey? Do you think she knows the Eisensteins? The ones with the grandson, Joshua, who d dated Sherry? Handsome, he has a limp. I never understood where that limp came from. What limp? The limp! The limp! <laughs> this is reminding me of Rachel and I. We bomb on stage together sometimes and act like old Jewish women. They also come up to you after the show. Um, Part of what you have to do when you agree to do these shows is stick around after to talk to them. It's a fucking nightmare, trust me. It's hard enough to perform for them, but then the person that books you will be like, do you mind sticking around to talk to the folks? Whenever you hear folks, you know it's like horrible. It's a horrible situation. 
And they walk towards you after the show with that face. You know, they'll just stick me somewhere and the whole crowd <laughs> walks across the room like Night of the Living Dead. It's like they're Jewish monsters. I call them Johnsters. And they walk towards you with judgment, just horrible. And it starts out nice and ends up nasty. It's the same thing every time. It's our culture. Like, I thought you were very talented, but no one around me laughed once. Not one person even smiled. You should kill yourself, you fat fuck. They don't say that, but it feels like that from the face. Or they're like, you're so pretty up close. But on stage, you look like a goddamn animal. You're just disgusting. I'm like, that's because I'm doing your fucking face. I'm imitating you. Dave, are you here? Okay, because I don't have the light yet. Tell me when you want. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for letting me go. I wish this career would let me go, to be honest with you, but there's no other chance. My dad retired. Uh, look at someone goes, oh, shit. Like, what does that even mean? Fucking idiot. All right. Let me leave you on this. Um, I don't feel like doing anymore. I remember... <laughs> so honest. I remember when I took my nephew to uh, a restaurant with me and he, I had to pee and I had to take him in the stall. It was very uncomfortable because it was a tiny stall and he was at an awkward age. You know, I'm like peeing and he's staring at my crotch. Just, <laughs> just staring. I'm going as fast as I can in this tiny stall and he's just, and then he goes, Aunt Jessie? And I said, what honey? And he goes, you have a funny looking penis. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? I'm like, you should see the one in my drawer. Oh my God, that one looks like a black menorah. <laughs> All right, um, I am so glad to be here. I, uh, I love you all, have a great time. Give it up for Dave, thank you so much. Thank you. Jessica Curson, everybody, Jessica, yes! She was so good, thank you so much. Yeah, I just let her go because she was doing such a good job. You were having a good time. So why wouldn't I let her keep going? Am I right? Yeah. Who the hell are these people? All oh, right, we're going to start. We have a show to do. Right, we have a show to do. We're having six. So this is episode five of The Godfather. We've taken the first Godfather movie, put it into five parts. This is the final episode called Keep an Eye Out for Mo Green. <laughs> Hello. This is odd. They're not Godfather ready yet. Now we're ready. That's what we needed. Uh, we, as I said, we will be reading from scripts. People will be walking on and off stage. And uh, some of us play multiple parts in which we might move from one microphone to the other. If we do it, hopefully you'll recognize the difference. So, I guess I don't think there's any other announcements. Let's introduce everybody and who they will be playing so you can keep it in your head. On the guitar, is Mr. Colin Smith with the beret. <laughs> he looks amazing. It wouldn't be a beret, you look very Italian today. Our new addition, Susan Wang on the accordion. What? Yes. Some of you who know the Godfather might know why she's on the accordion. We'll find out. And as always, on the mandolin, Gnome Dwarman, everybody. Yes! Yes! 
Our narrator for tonight from the HBO series Divorce, please say hello to Mr. Rick Chrome, everybody. All right, now there's our cast of characters over there. If it's difficult to get up, you don't have to. Otherwise, you can, uh, you know, just stand up or something, or you can come up on stage, whatever you guys want to do. Starting with playing Cuneo, Philip Tatalia, the controversial waiter, Johnny Fontaine, and little Anthony Corleone from Late Night with Seth Meyers and At Midnight, Matteo Lane! Yeah! He's handsome, ladies. <laughs> playing Clemenza and Porterhouse from last week tonight with John Oliver and Inside Amy Schumer, please welcome William Stevenson. Yeah. I'll give him some time. Oh. <laughs> playing Tom Hagen and Anthony Molinari from the FX series Louie, it's Lenny Marcus. Yeah. Playing Fredo, Willie Chichi, and Stracci, also from Louie and the Cold Classic Half Baked. Please welcome Greg Rogel. Playing Kay Adams and Connie Corleone from the movie Trainwreck and Last Comic Standing, it is Rachel Feinstein. Isn't she lovely? Playing. Barzini, Zalucci, and Carlo Rizzi from the Jim and Sam Show on Sirius XM Radio, it is Jim Norton! Are there any other lights? Turn up all the lights! There, <laughs> oh, you there go. we go. There we Seems are. like I wouldn't have to tell people that, but I heard. And as always, as Michael Corleone from America's Got Talent and the Comedy Seller Show on Sirius XM, it is little Danny Natterman! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is our cast. Now we will go back, sit down, and start our final episode of The Godfather, part one, episode five. Keep an eye out for Mo Green. Hello? That is hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Previously on the year of The Godfather, The Godfather, Don Corleone, while recovering from an assassination attempt, has been informed that his middle child, Sonny, has been murdered. His youngest son, Michael, was forced into hiding in Sicily and has been waiting to return home as soon as he receives word that it is safe. While in Sicily, Michael got married to the beautiful Apollo, Apollo, Ap Apollonia, only to be watch her be blown up in an assassination attempt that was meant for Michael. With all of this bad blood and possible all-out war between all of the Mafia families, Don Corleone, the most respected of all the Dons, calls together an unprecedented meeting among the heads of not only the five families of New York, but ten other families from across the country to put an end to all of this bloodshed. We open this episode in a boardroom in downtown New York City in 1946 at the Federal Reserve Bank building at 33 Liberty Street. All of the Dons and their aides are seated, seated around a conference table. There are also aides standing directly behind the men seated in the chairs. Let's just say there's a hell of a lot of testosterone in that boardroom. As we look around the boardroom, we can see it is filled with bowls of nuts and oranges. Don Barzini, who heads perhaps the strongest family in the country besides the Corleones, is sitting at the head of the table. Don Corleone and Philip Tartaglia are seated on opposite sides of each other in the middle of the large oak table. Like Don Corleone, Philip Tartaglia also had a son assassinated, so the two are giving each other a good stink eye as Don Corleone gets up to speak. Don Barzini. 
I want to thank you for helping me organize this meeting here today. And also the other heads of the five families in New York, New Jersey. Let's see, we have uh, Carmine Corleone from the Bronx, uh, from Brooklyn, Phil Vitalia, uh, from Staten Island, we have uh, Victor Stracci. Uh, from Miami, we have the, the very attractive Carlo Tomanti. Uh, and, uh, Please say hello to Joseph Zalucci. He's from Detroit. Yeah. Uh, no, no, he's from Gross Point. It's okay. It's all right. Ah. It's much better, yeah. The Godfather continues to introduce the, everyone uh, in the boardroom, which is still, uh, ironically, more entertaining than the Galactic Senate roll call uh, in Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Boston, uh, the Portly Bado is Larry Dominus Ponza. From, uh, he just, uh, um, anyway, moving on from uh, Cleveland. Uh, uh, it's all right. We just, all right, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> For Christ's sake, Vito, uh, we know each other. Uh, uh, excuse me, buddy. <laughs> Fine. And all the other associates that came as far from California and Kansas City and all the other territories in the country, thank you. Hey, I didn't get a shot out. You see, Buzzini, I told you someone would get offended. Let me start from the beginning. From Brooklyn, we have Carmine Corleone. Vito! Tom pulls out Don Corleone's chair, and he sits down. How do things ever get so far? I don't know. It was so unfortunate, so unnecessary. Tatalia lost a son, I lost a son, we quits. And if Tatalia agrees, then I'm willing to let things go on the way they were before. We're all grateful to Don Corleone for calling this meeting. We all know him as a man of his word, a modest man. He'll always listen to reason. Thank you, Don Barzini. I guess that about wraps it up. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, Don Barzini, he's too modest. He had all the judges and politicians in his pocket. He refused to share them. When, when, when did I ever refuse an accommodation? <laughs> all of you know me here. Stracci, when you were sick with the flu, who was it that bought you chicken soup every day until you were better? You did. Anthony Molinari, when you accidentally woke up with that dead girl in your bedroom, who came in and covered for you at work that day? You did. And what happened the day after at the office? I got a raise. That's right. When did I ever refuse? Except one time. And why? Because I believe this drug business is going to destroy us in the years to come. It's not like gambling or liquor or even women, which is something that most people want nowadays and is forbidden to them by the best novanti of the church. Even the police departments that have helped us in the past with the gambling and the other things are going to refuse to help us when it comes to narcotics. And I believe that then, and I believe that now. Times have changed. It's not like the old days when we could do anything we want. A refusal is not the act of a friend. If Don Corleone had all the judges and all the politicians in New York, then he must share them or let others use them. He must certainly let us draw water from the well. Certainly he can present the bill for such services, after all. We are not communists. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what'd I say? Joseph Salucci from Detroit gets up. I also don't believe in drugs. <laughs> For years, I paid my people extra so they wouldn't do that kind of business. Tatalia whispers something. Tatalia, pay attention! As I was saying, somebody comes to them and says, I have powders. 
If you put up three $4,000 investment, we can make 50,000 distributing so they can't resist. I want to control it as a business to keep it respectable. Ah! I don't want it near schools. I don't want it sold to children. That's an infamia. In my city, we would keep the traffic to the dark people, the colored. They're animals anyway, so let them lose their souls. Colored boy? Why, you little... I'll show him. I'll give his shoes a wax buildup he'll never forget. Hey, Vito, 50 bucks says... Smells. <laughs> He's never seen Caddyshack. <laughs> 50 bucks says smells, kid picks his nose. I'll take that bet, Porterhouse. <laughs> His name is Porterhouse. I hope that we would come here and reason together, and as a reasonable man, I'm willing to do whatever's necessary to find a peaceful solution to these problems. A waiter enters. Hey, everybody. Oh, oh my God. I've had, like, the day from hell. But you guys seem great. Um, does anybody want soup? Then we are agreed. The traffic and drugs will be permitted, but controlled. And Don Corleone will give up protection in the East, and there will be the peace. Well, there it is. Like I said before, that should wrap things up. We should get home just in time to catch the last ten minutes of Dynasty. But I must have strict assurance from Corleone. As time goes by and his position becomes stronger, will he attempt any individual vendetta? Well, now I will, you dick. <laughs> You're ruining it for everyone. Look, we're all reasonable men here. We don't need to give reassurances as if we were lawyers. Vito holds up his hand to interrupt Barzini. I'll, I'll handle this. You talk about vengeance? Is vengeance going to bring your son back to you or my boy to me? I forgo the vengeance of my son. How about them apples? <laughs> However, I believe one of you will betray me tonight. Barzini! What? Would you like a beverage? <laughs> Get out of here. Boy, what a grouch. Anyway, uh, I have selfish reasons. My youngest son was forced to leave this country for no good reason. Oh, so we shot a police officer, grow up people. And it's all because of this Solazzo business. That was like three episodes ago. Now I have to make arrangements to bring him back here safely, cleared of all these false charges. There's no proof of anything. There were no street cameras at this time. So really, it's like the whole thing never happened. But... I'm a superstitious man. And if some unlucky accident should befall him, if he should get shot in the head by a police officer, or if he should hang himself in his jail cell, or if he's struck by a bolt of lightning, or if he burns himself eating soup that's too hot, or if some tranny picks him out of a lineup and says he made him do things to him, or if one baby announces the wrong winner at the Academy Awards, or if Donald Trump becomes president. You know! We get the point. Or if Barzini takes it in the ass. What? <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. But if any of that happens, minus the obvious ridiculousness of the Oscars or the Trump thing, which, I mean, the bolt of lightning is more realistic, I think, then I'm going to blame some of the people in this room. And that I do not forgive. But that aside, let me say that uh, I swear on the souls of my grandchildren that I will not be the one to break the peace the way I made here today. 
Philip Tartaglia is in tears. Oh, damn it, Vito. You always thought to give me. I promised myself I wasn't going to cry today. Ah, you've always been a big soft, you son of a bitch. Get over here. Vito and Tom move toward the head of the table where Barzini is sitting. Tartaglia does the same. The Don and Tartaglia embrace as the others applaud. <laughs> oh, that is just terrific. That makes me want to take back that colored comment from before. <laughs> you guys are the best. What a day it's been. Peace has come to the Mafia underworld in the form of a long-standing truce, and history was made between two feuding families without vengeance. Or so we were led to believe. Don Corleone and Tom are now in the back of their limousine on the way home. Tom is getting right down to business, but you can see the Godfather is quite pensive. When I meet with the Italia people, should I insist that all his drug middlemen have clean records? Mention it, don't insist. Mazzini's a man who'll know without being told. You mean Tatalia? Tatalia's a pimp. What? Oh, my Lord. He never could have thought Santino. I'm not so sure. Santino was kind of an idiot. I'm pretty sure everyone had him down pat. I mean, Jesus, Pop. All anyone had to do was mention Connie or Lucy Mancini's vagina, and the guy would fly off the handle. You may be right, but I, I didn't know until this day that it was Barzini all along. All along what? What? I don't know. You said Barzini all along. You know, he's a big fat liar and shit. What, what about... What about I'm sitting at the head of the table and Regal all the time? Oh, I know. That was like the kind of shit I'm talking about. How many times how many times do you think we should say shit in this scene? Shit, I don't know. Ten times? I've had it with this shit. Oh, uh, that's enough. All right. We cut to the beautiful state of New Hampshire. New Hampshire and New England at the best time of the year. New England, home of some of the greatest Jews in comedy history. Adam Sandler, Sarah Silverman, Bernie Sanders. Although... In this movie, it is depicted as a Jewless haven for the whitest of the white, which includes Michael's old college girlfriend, Kay Adams. Michael told Kay everything about his family before he changed and became cold and calculated. He has now returned from marrying a real hottie in Sicily only to ask Kay to be his girlfriend again in an absolute dick move. We move in to see Kay Adams, who is an elementary school teacher leading a group of children into the schoolyard. Come on, Nancy, keep it together. Oh, fix your pigtails, Blanche. Wipe your nose, Petey. Come on, children. All of a sudden, Kay notices Michael standing beside his Cadillac like John Travolta in Greece. Michael, is it you? I mean, golly, I almost forgot about you. How long have you been back for? I've been back a year. Longer than that, I think. Wait a second. Didn't you get any of my letters? Nah, I wrote a lot of them shits. <laughs> nah, because you see, Kay, in a court of law, if I accepted those letters, it could prove I knew the whereabouts of myself. Golly, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's good to see you, Kay. The two take a walk together down a lovely New Hampshire country road. All the while, Michael's car follows behind. I'm working for my father now, Kay. He's been sick. Very sick. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, 
But you're not like him, Michael. I thought you weren't going to become a man like your father. That's what you told me. Yeah, on account of that. Now, come on, Kay. I told you a lot of things. All of them were lies. You love it. Well, <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> okay, my father's no different than any other powerful man. Any man who's responsible for other people, like a senator or a president. Well, you know how perfectly naive you sound? That's just silly. Why? Well, senators and presidents don't have men killed, do now, they? Now, who's being naive now, Kay? Well, you really are trying not to get laid, aren't you? <laughs> Kay, my, my father's way of doing things is over. It's finished. Even he knows that. I mean, in five years, the Corleone family is going to be completely legitimate. Trust me, that's all I can tell you about my business. Legitimate how? Well, uh, oh, geez, I didn't think you were going to follow up <laughs> with another question. Uh, well, we'll do stuff to be like businesses that are legitimate. Hmm, like what? Well, uh, for example, uh, hey, how about that lasagna at Connie's wedding? How oh, that was good, right? Uh, delicious. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was pretty tasty. Wait a second. Michael, why did you come here? Why? Why did you want me after all this time? And here I was calling and writing. Hey, when <laughs> I left you at the Waldorf Astoria, I told you not to call or write it to and to stay available in case my marriage in Sicily didn't work out. <laughs> what? Well, I don't understand. My tits are confused. <laughs> yeah, I got married when I was hiding in, in Italy. <laughs> she was so hot. But, uh, but I came here because I need you. Because I care for you. Yeah. That's right. That's the ticket. Please stop it, Michael. I don't understand anything. It all just feels so complicated like. <laughs> hey, that's epic. If I were you, I would be like, get lost, you lying two-time and creep. Well, in that case, I'm going to turn all the cards over. I want you to marry me. Oh, Michael, it's too late. It's just too late. Ah, uh, nah, nah, it's early. School's not even out yet. <laughs> oh, you mean, uh, oh, oh. Well, come on, Kay. Uh, you're a real groovy broad. <laughs> oh, Michael, I don't know. <laughs> Please, Kay, I'll do anything you ask. Anything to make up for what's happened to us. Anything? Uh, we sitcom swipe to Michael on the phone. <laughs> now, howdy, is this uh, Vito Corleone? Speaking. Now, this is J. Ever Edgar Hoover from the FBI. I just called to tell you I'm attracted to you. What? Uh, yeah, I like it. You know, uh, in that way. I have no idea which way you're talking about. What What do you say? You're one of those Hollywood Pinocchios or something? Exactly right. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm attracted to you in the sense that I appreciate your denial and organized crime. I like girls, especially the black ones. What? Abort. Abort. This is more awkward than I expected. Never mind. Uh, I gotta go now. Say hello to Clyde Tolson for me. Nah, <laughs> uh, I don't uh, have any idea who that is and deny everything. <laughs> and goodbye. Well, I did what you asked, because it's important to me, Kay. Because what's important is that we have each other, that we have a life together, that we have our children. Oh, my God, that is so sweet. Oh, I forgot to hang up. <laughs> I got a good idea where you two fruits can live if you're gay and you're planning to have children. How about Fantasyland? <laughs> Carmela, guess who just called? Kay, I need you and I love you. 
Okay, then. I'm pretty sure what I said is good enough. Michael, I just... I think I need some time. Okay, it's all set. The wedding will be in July, when the rates are cheaper. <laughs> I'll signal for the car. Watch your step, honey. But, Michael... Boy, well, maybe it all doesn't matter. This is a pretty swell car. <laughs> well, you won't regret this decision in the least, Kay. Not for a moment. I'm saying that even if you fall out of love with me for some reason someday... You'll be back when we're older, because you can't resist the Michael charm. Few of the ladies can, you know. That's my ex-wife. She blew up in excitement right after we got married. What? Oh, relax. It's old news. Anyway. But my tits are confused again. <laughs> we leave Rachel's tits to dissolve to Don Corleone's office. Michael is now sitting at the Don's desk as he has taken over the Don's role. The Don has clearly just given up and is a shell of his former self, now wearing a sweater vest and feeding the fish in his aquarium. Tom and Carlo are sitting on the couch, and Clemenza and Tessio, Don Corleone's trusted companions of over 40 years, are arguing with Michael on the way the family should be run in the future. Barzini's people chisel my territory and we do nothing about it. Pretty soon there won't be one place in Brooklyn I can hang my hat. Oh, yeah? Well, I've seen your hat, and it's not worth hanging. I've never even seen you wear a hat, you stupid buffoon. Now, just be patient. I'm not asking you for help, Mike. Just take off the handcuffs. Hey, why is everything with you in metaphors? The only thing you seem to speak candidly about is pull-chain toilets and restaurant bathrooms. Hey, what's your deal, man? Be patient. We got to be... We got to protect ourselves. Give me a chance to recruit some new men. No. Why not? Because I said so, that's why. And who are you kidding? Your idea of recruiting new men is going to the new David Gay Cinema in Manhattan and seeing who shows up at the glory hole. What? What the hell are you talking about? Oh, sorry about that, you're right. When I said Gay Cinema, I meant White Castle. And when I said glory hole, I meant hot dog eating contest. Now, I don't want to give Barzini an excuse to start fighting, you dig? Mike... You're wrong. Hey, what's wrong with you, Tessio? You're becoming a real troublemaker, you know? Dad, did you have this kind of trouble with this idiot? I have trouble with everyone. Don Corleone, you once said that the day would come when Tessie and me could form our own family. Till today, I would never think of it. I must ask your permission. Okay, first of all, it's Tessie and I, you idiot. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Michael is now head of the family, and uh, if he gives his permission, you have my blessing. Are you for real? We gotta listen to this kid? What is he, 12? After we make the move to Nevada, you can break off from the Corleone family and go on your own. After we make the move to Nevada. We're going to Nevada? I do enjoy the slots. How long will that be? Is that one of the states you can buy weed? <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe six months. Forgive me, Godfather, but with you gone, me and Pete will come under Barzini's thumb sooner or later. And I hate that goddamn Barzini. It, in six months' time, there won't be nothing left to build on. Okay, several things. Once again, Clemenza, there won't be anything left to build on, not nothing. Sound like an idiot who never went to elementary school. I didn't. Oh, well then, actually, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Look at you. Do you have faith in my judgment? Yes. Do I have your loyalty? Yes, always, Godfather. Tessio, I uh, haven't heard anything from you. I'll try not to read into that too much. Do me a favor, my childhood friends, who I now may call me Godfather, which is really a dick move. Uh, be a friend of Michael, do as he says. 
As I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by elementary school dropouts. There are things being negotiated now that are going to solve all our problems and answer all your questions. That's all I can tell you for now. That's all I can tell you. What the hell is that? God damn it, pretty soon I won't have anywhere to hang my hat. Stop saying that, Tessio. Fine. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. And stop saying that too. Now, Carlo, you grew up in Nevada. When we make our move there, you're going to be my right-hand man. Oh, score on that. I had a feeling you weren't mad about that whole me hitting your sister while she was pregnant thing, let alone setting up Sonny to be killed. This is so awesome. First thing I do when we get to Vegas, I'm getting each of us an eight ball. We are going to party like it's 1969. 1969. Get it? <laughs> With chicks and drugs and fire trucks. Carlo, you're hilarious. In other news, Tom Hagen's no longer consigliere. What? Tom's going to be our lawyer in Vegas. That's no reflection on Tom, but that's the way I want it. How the fuck is that no reflection on me? <laughs> Besides, if I ever need help, who's a better consigliere than my father? Well, I guess that's about wraps it up. What? I got like a thousand questions. <laughs> Bodyguard Rocco opens the door to let everyone leave. Clemenza walks past Michael, shakes Don Vito's hand, and exits. Hey, pal, sorry about all those fat jokes. Hey, I'm fat. It is what it is. <laughs> Tassio walks out, shakes Don Corleone's hand, and gives Michael the handout pullback gesture. Burn! Carlo begins to exit next. Thank you, Papa. I can't even believe this. I'm so happy you guys aren't mad about that other thing. Just because I punched your daughter in the face does not mean I don't love her. Sir, I, I know that. I'm happy for you, Carlo. Vegas, baby! Yeah. Well, I guess that's everyone. Oh, uh, Tom, right, you're still here. So, uh, <laughs> well, this is kind of awkward, huh? Mike. Why am I out? You're not a wartime consigliere, Tom. Things may get rough with the move we're trying. Michael, I'll handle this. You're not a wartime consigliere, Tom. Things may get rough with the move we're trying. Michael just said that. Tom, I'll handle this. Handle what? What are we talking about? You see, Tom, I advise Michael on this. I never thought you were a bad consigliere. I never thought you were a good consigliere. I thought Santino was kind of dumb, rest in peace, but his huge cock made up for a lot of it. Michael has all my confidence, as you do. It doesn't sound like I have anyone's confidence. Sure, everything sounds bad if you remember it. But Carlo's going to get us a couple of eight balls, and I'm sure you'll forget it all. There are reasons why you must have no part in what is going to happen. Why? What's going to happen? I can't tell you that, but seriously, it's going to be epic. <laughs> I wish I could tell you, because I'm dying to tell someone, but it'll spoil everything. But trust me, it's, it's good. Like, like Devil Wears Prada good. <laughs> Maybe I could help. You're out, Tom. Hey, fuck you, Mike. I get it. I'm out, jerk off. You're out, Tom. Shut up. Yeah, you're out, Tom. I fucking hate you both. <laughs> Tom leaves in a huff. Tom leaves in a huff as Don Corleone gets up, walks over to Michael, and gives him a pat on the chest, then his face. Las Vegas, a montage of the classic joints when Vegas used to actually be Vegas, and no matter how much they tell you Vegas, baby, it just, it's just Disney World with gambling at this point. But here we are, old school Vegas, the Desert Inn featuring Patty Page, El Rancho Vegas featuring Joey Lewis and Gloria DeHaven, the Sands featuring Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, 
A limo pulls up to the entrance of the casino as Fredo and Michael get out of the car. Funny thing is, we never actually find out the name of this casino. It's a little odd. Oh, well, Fredo, apparently no longer retarded, <laughs> is now a big shot with his sunglasses, yellow jacket, and everyone's favorite, an ascot. <laughs> he walks with Michael, Tom Hagen, Al Neri, Rocco, and bellboys towards a hotel room. As they're walking, Fredo, who hasn't seen his younger brother since Captain McCluskey punched him in the face, is talking to Michael. I can't get over the way your face looks. It really looks good. The doctor did some job. Who talked you into it, Kay? Fredo starts yelling at the bellboys, carrying the luggage. Hey, 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 wait. Hey, leave him out here. We'll deal with them later. He's tired. He wants to clean up. Now, all of a sudden, Fredo is a little bit mischievous. What's he got up his sleeve? But right now, let me open the door, all right? No big deal. Just opening the door to the hotel room with no ulterior motive. <laughs> Fredo swings open the door and waltzes in, only to reveal a party in Michael's honor. A musical trio consisting of an accordion, a stand-up bass, and a piano player begins to play. There are four Vegas girls sitting around the table as the, then the plan, band plays Mona Lisa. Yeah, that's it. Michael remains stone-faced and is actually quite displeased. What an asshole. But look, it's our pal Johnny Fontaine, who is also there and raises a glass of champagne. Hello, Mike. Welcome to Vegas. Johnny Fontaine, wow, and dancing girls. Hello, ladies. Michael gives Tom a disturbed look. Fuck you, I'm no longer consigliere. I like what I like. <laughs> it's all for you, kid, eh? It's all Johnny's idea, right? Right, Johnny, eh? <laughs> well, I mean, I can't take all the credit. Your brother Freddie was pretty great about it, too. Ah, get out of here, Johnny. You're hilarious. Well, it was all his idea. Well, maybe the girls were my idea. Oh, yeah, the girls. How about these girls, huh? I like girls now. <laughs> Johnny, you keep them occupied. I'm going to go talk to Mike now. Fredo comes back over to Michael. Anything you want, kid, anything. Right? Mikey! Hey, who are the girls? That's for <laughs> you to find out, champ. Get rid of him, Freddy. Oh, 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 Mikey, jeez. Okay, the one in the red, that's Angela. She likes long walks on a beach and uh, sex with men. The one in the yellow, she's Candace. She likes drinking and uh, sex with men. This one here, this is Katrina. Uh, Mike, do I have to introduce all of them? They're prostitutes, all right? Jeez, I mean, you really don't have to get to know them. Hey, that's not what I meant when I asked who the girls are, you idiot. What are they doing here? I'm here on business. I leave tomorrow and I got rid of them. I'm tired. Mike, these girls have feelings. It's quite cold. Well, just as long as you don't ask me to get rid of the band. I've known these guys since I got to Vegas and they're like my best friends. We've been vacationing together. The, the, the band, they're awesome. You're going to love the band, guys. Get rid of the band. Son too. of a bitch! <laughs> as gentle and polite as possible, Fredo asked the girls to leave. Hey, just take off. Come on. Take off. Let's go. Angela, out. Hey, come on! Scram! The girls begin to leave. Johnny helps get all of them out. Uh, come on, honey. Uh, let's go. Come on, I don't know, Johnny. I don't know what the hell's the matter with him. Now Fredo has to walk over to the band to tell them to scram. It's no wonder Fredo betrays Michael and Godfather, too. This is awfully embarrassing. I don't know. He's tired of something. Guys, I'll call you tomorrow. 
And what happened to Mo Green? He said he had some business. He said, give him a call when the party started. Well, give him a call. I can't call him now. You stopped the party. Well, give him a call anyway. This sucks. Hey, Johnny. Hey, pal. What's happening? Uh, hello, Mike. Nice to see you again. Gee, you're being awfully uh, nice to me. Sh should I be worried? <laughs> no, no, no. I just wanted to let you know we're all proud of you. Oh, well, golly. Uh, thanks, Mike. Nah, take a seat, Johnny. I want to talk to you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Johnny, you're a hoot. The Don's proud of you, too, by the way. Uh, uh well, uh, I, I owe it all to him. Uh, I, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> well, he knows how grateful you are. That's why he'd like to ask you for a favor. Uh, well, uh, well, uh, you've got, uh, you've got me kind of in quite the pickle here. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the favor is, just out of curiosity, and this will never, ever happen. But, uh, just, just what if, uh, you know, I, I was to refuse whatever favor you're about to ask? I refuse? Well, I don't know. It's never really happened before. That's a good question. Hmm. Well, I, I will take into account that you're an okay guy and a good caddy. Well, in that case, Mike, what can I do? The Corleone family is thinking of giving up all its interest in the olive oil business and settling out here. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Now, Mo Green will sell us his share of the casino and the hotel, so it could be completely owned by the family. Tom, uh, get over here with the paperwork, dummy. Hey, Mike, are you sure about that? Mo loves this business. He never said nothing about me to, uh, about selling. Now, shut up, Fredo. I'm going to make him an offer that's so good he'd have to be crazy not to accept it. <laughs> this is one hell of an offer. So you're saying you're going to make him offer he can't refuse? Yeah, well, I just said that. Well, that's exactly what the Godfather said to the band leader that had me under contract. Someone should let Mo Green know he's in big trouble. See, Johnny, we figure that entertainment will be a big factor in drawing gamblers to the casino, and we hope you'll sign a contract to appear five times a year. Perhaps uh, convince some of your friends in the movies to do likewise. We're counting on you. Well, uh, I guess, uh... Johnny thinks about it. His answer might be the most important answer he's ever uttered. But what is the right answer? You know what? Sure, Mike. I'll do anything for my godfather. You know that. That was the correct answer, Johnny. <laughs> Narrator, tell him what he's won. Johnny, you've won a Hamilton Beach Electric Mixmaster. This beautiful chrome electric mixmaster has 12 speeds and two quart mixing bowls. Oh! It's also equipped with one square beater and one conical beater, so you spend less time in the kitchen and more time in the bedroom. Hubba hubba! Hamilton Beach, the leader in home appliances. When you're sick of the kitchen, come out to the beach. Hamilton Beach. And now, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the one of the most fun guys you'll ever meet. And... One of the most enduring characters in motion picture history that's actually only on film for a total of two minutes and ten seconds. And the ten seconds is him getting shot in the eye. It's everybody's favorite casino owner, Mo Green! Good evening, ladies and emperors. I just got back from the nation, and boy, are my arms tired! Oh! <laughs> You know, the Venetian Hotel is modeled after the old city of Venice. Venice, very interesting city, very old city. Interesting city, you learn a lot in Venice. You know how to make a Venetian blind? Like this! Ah! <laughs> 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 hey, Mike, hello, fellas. Everybody's here. Hey, Freddie, Tom, good to see you, Mike. Mo? How are you, Mo? Uh, you got everything you want. The chef cooked for you special. The dancers will kick your tongue out, and your credit is good. Well, your credit's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, draw chips for everybody in the room so they can play in the house. Hey, what do you call, what do you call when you get a guy who crosses an Italian with a Polak? A guy who makes you an offer you can't understand. What? <laughs> Hey, why do Italian men have mustaches? So they can look like their mothers. <laughs> oh. Silence overtakes the room. Get off moms! Get off moms! Right, my manager. Uh, 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 right, right. Uh, two, two Jews walk into... Uh, Syrians. Uh, no, no, uh, politics, politics, politics. The Italian Senate is the best legislator the money can buy. Corruption starts in the street with little peddlers. Little peddlers bribe the councilman. Councilman bribe the senators. It goes all the way up to the Don. Shit! Did he just say Don? I believe he did, Michael. Okay, Mo, that's it. Is my credit good enough to buy you out? Buy me out? The casino, the hotel, the Corleone family wants to buy the it out. The Corleone family wants to buy me out? No, I buy you out. You don't buy me out. Your casino loses money, Mo. Maybe we can do better. Think I'm skimming off the top, Mike? You're unlucky, Mo. <laughs> you goddamn guineas really make me laugh. Ha! Huh. <laughs> I do you a favor and take Freddie in when you're having a bad time and you try and push me out. Now, wait, wait a minute. You took Freddie in because the Corleone family bankrolled your casino because the Molinari family on the coast guaranteed his safety. Now we're talking business? Let's talk business. Yeah, let's talk business, Mike. First of all, you're all done. The Corleone family don't even have that kind of muscle anymore. The Godfather's sick, right? You're getting chased out of New York by Barzini and the other families. What do you think is going on here? You think you can come to my hotel and take over? I talked to Barzini. <laughs> I can make a deal with him and still keep my hotel. And he appreciates all... All my comedy. <laughs> Is that why he slapped my brother around in public? Well, uh, that, that's not technically why. I mean, <laughs> oh no, that that was nothing, Mike. Now, no, Mo, he didn't mean nothing by that. I mean, sure he flies off the handle once in a while, and, and sure he pissed the whip some of the pit bosses <laughs> in between meals, and sure he threatened to ass rape some of the bus boys. But Mo, me, me and Mo were good friends, right, Mo? Huh? Huh? What? Oh, I mean, that's right. You tell him, Freddie. Look, kid, I got a business to run. I got to kick asses sometimes to make it run right. We had a little argument, Freddie and I, so I had to straighten him out. You straightened my brother out. He was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Players couldn't get a drink at the table. What's wrong with you? Fredo, you old dog. You didn't tell me you were having nonstop sex? Well, it's nothing that some gentleman like me wouldn't brag about. I hate not being able to get a drink at the table. Shut up, Tom. Yeah, yeah shut, shut up, up Tom. Tom. <laughs> All right, jeez. I leave for New York tomorrow. Think about a price. Son of a... Do you know who I am? I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. Ooh, you're Mo Green? I'm so scared. Well, maybe I'll say that last line again with the actual line said in the book. All right, go ahead. Try. Son of a bitch! You think you can just brush me off like that? I killed more men than you before I could jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mo, you got me. You got me. That was a good. Is that really from the book? You're hilarious. Wait a minute, Mo. I got an idea. Now, Tom, you're the concierge. You can talk to the Don and you can explain. Just a minute now. The Don is semi-retired and Mike is in charge of the family. So anything you have to say, say to Michael. You're so mad at me because I made fun of the corruption in the Don? Meanwhile, your brother just called the Don semi-retarded and that's okay with you? He said semi-retired, you ass. <laughs> Boy, you die at the palace. <laughs> Really die at the palace. <laughs> Good day to you, gentlemen. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven. Because it hasn't. Okay. 
Mike, you don't come to Las Vegas and talk to a man like Mo Green like that. Fredo, you're my older brother and I love you, but don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. But ever. Mike, Mike, he's hilarious. <laughs> I don't care if he's as funny as Christy Yamaguchi. Don't take sides. Oh, gee whiz. We cut back to New York and the Corleone Mall. Michael's limo driver drives through the gate with Michael, Kay, and little Anthony. Anthony is sitting on Michael's lap. Oh, Michael, our child looks so cute on a murderer's lap, doesn't he? <laughs> just perfectly adorable. He'll grow up okay, don't you think? I mean, I'm sure just as long as he doesn't see his grandfather die again, he'll be fine. I have a kid. Well, anyway, I have to see my father and his people, so have dinner without me. Oh, Michael. Jesus, woman, get off my back. All I said was, oh, Michael. Good God, enough already. I'll tell you what, this weekend we'll go out. Yeah, we'll go to the city. We'll see a show and we'll have dinner. The whole works. It'll be the best time, I promise. Oh, my God, that does sound swell. What show? The Diary of Anne Frank. You'll love it. Well, I don't know that one. Is that about the Jew girl? Well, I don't think so. It's supposed to be great, and it sounds steamy. <laughs> Either that or it's or the Mikado. It's up to you. But it's 1955. Broadway musicals are in their heyday. Can't we see guys in dolls or damn Yankees or South Pacific? Okay, my on. decision is final. Trust me. Who knows what's in a 13-year-old girl's, girl's diary? Probably all boys and sock ops. Ah, youth. <laughs> Michael gives Kay a kiss and begins to step out of the car. Oh, Michael. Michael, your sister wants to ask you something. Well, let her ask. Michael slams the car door in Kay's face. Hey! Michael reopens the door. Kay, I'm very busy. Doing what? Uh, nothing, really. I have a lot of planning to do, if you get my drift. I don't. Damn it! I'm dying to tell somebody, too. Oh, well. Connie's afraid to ask. Connie and Carlo want you to be the godfather to their little boy. Carlo? Well, I wouldn't put too much stock in anything he says. Why... Why not? Uh, I can't tell you, but I'm dying to. <laughs> Fuck. Michael, will you, please? Uh, let me think about it. We'll see. Let's go. I'm just saying it's not the greatest plan. You'll see why soon, but... Uh... Michael and Kay walk up to the house. We dissolve to the Don's garden. The Don, now looking a bit older, sits with his youngest son, and the two have the most important of conversations. Fredo, because you dropped your So, uh, Mazzini will move against you first. He'll set up a meeting with someone that you absolutely trust, yep. guaranteeing your safety. Mm -hmm. And at that meeting, you'll be assassinated. <laughs> yeah, try that again. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> what the hell? You're kidding, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like to drink wine more than I used to. Anyway, I'm drinking more. What the hell are you babbling about? I don't know. Your wife and children, are you happy with them? Hey, listen, old man, I don't know what your deal is, but thanks for bringing up my wife and children after you tell me I'm going to be assassinated. <laughs> Dude, you've completely lost it. Well, clearly I'm not going to that meeting. Who in their right mind would show up at a meeting knowing they're going to be assassinated? I hope you don't mind the way I keep going over this buzzing business. My, no, oh, it's terrific, oh, great warrior of wisdom. Please let me know again how Barzini is going to kill me next time I see him. Now I know why Clemenza kept saying he hated that goddamn Barzini. He's an asshole. 
That's an old habit. I spent my life trying to be careless, but not to be careless. Women and children can be careless, but not men. Well, again, I reiterate, it would be quite careless to show up at that meeting, methinks. By the way, how's your boy? My boy? Oh, he's fine. His father's about to be assassinated, and he went to his grandfather's bed after he had been shot in the back five times, but I see no reason why he should grow up with any issues. You know, he, he looks more like you every day. He's smarter than I am. Three years old, he can read the funny papers. Read the funny papers. <laughs> That's great. Uh, did you see last week's Mama Duke? He's, he's so big, he takes up the whole couch. Nobody can sit on it. Um, really. uh, I want you to raise that telephone, man. Check all the calls that go in. Cause, uh, you know, I, mean, I did it already. Because the trader could be anyone, even Mama Duke. Yeah, I took care of that. Oh, uh, that's right. I forgot. Now, what's the matter? What's bothering you? I'll handle it. I, I told you I can handle Cause it. Because Mama Duke is quite a handful. I'll handle it. I don't know. I knew Santina was going to have to go through all this, and Fredo, well, Fredo, well. I never wanted this for you. I worked my whole life. I don't apologize to take care of my family. And I refuse to be a fool dancing on the string held by all those big shots. I don't apologize. That's my life. But I thought that when it was your time that you would be the one to hold the strings. Senator Corleone. Governor calling or something. Another Petsanavante. Yeah, there wasn't enough time, Michael. Not enough time. Well, no, there wouldn't be, would there? Between my getting assassinated and your nonstop Marmaduke talk. <laughs> but we'll get there, Pop. We'll uh, get there. Now listen, whoever comes to you with this Bazzini meeting, he's the traitor. Don't forget that. Is it Tessio? It's Tessio, right? Am I right? Don't give it away, you idiot. Now apologize to everyone and yell out spoiler alert first if you're going to do that, dummy. Sorry, Pop. We fade to the Don's tomato garden. The Don had gained considerable weight in his retirement years, and we are all impressed with Dave Juskow's commitment to that character. Hey. The Don, now dressed in his baggy gray trousers, a faded blue shirt, and a battered, dirty brown fedora loves his tomato garden. And not just tomatoes, tomatoes and peppers. Yeah, that's because when I was buying, when I got shot, I, I, I figure I grow them myself, I avoid all that nonsense. The Don, always doing the math. You know who also likes tomatoes? Mama Duke. Oh One time he got into a tomato patch and he made a whole The Don thing and his grandson, Anthony, like are now playing in his garden. Full of tomatoes. The Don has a watering spray canister he is using on the tomatoes. It was funny either way. He was very serious about his garden, and he knew that if he didn't water before the sun got too hot, disaster could strike, or even worse, ants. Can I hold it, please? Okay, come here, come here. The Don shows his grandson how to use the water canister. Can I water these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 over here, over here. Be careful, be careful, you're spilling it. You're spilling it. So what? It's only water. If I wanted it spilled, I would have asked Fredo to do it. Right, come here, come here, come here. Anthony, I want to tell you something. Someone's going to set up a meeting with your father. <laughs> and at that meeting, he's going to be shot in the head. Whatever. No, no, wait, wait, that isn't what I wanted to tell you. Stay right there. The Don starts to cut up an orange. He turns away from Anthony and puts a piece of the orange peel over his teeth, grunting and holding his arms up like a monster. 
As he continues to cut the orange peel. No, 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 no. Come in. Come in. Hold on a second. So you, the news about your dad getting shot in the head, you're okay with, but I put an orange in my mouth. You get off a cocktail. Uh, at least we know what we're dealing with. No, no, no. It's, it's just me. It's me. It's just you even scarier, wasn't it? You who shot Don Finucci in the mouth in Godfather 2? Yeah, but he was already dead when I did that. So, all right, all right, listen. You come in. You run, run, uh, run out of there. Anthony runs through the tomato garden, laughing with the spray can. He and the Don are chasing each other. The two are laughing and running. The Godfather is baiting Anthony to spray him with the water. The Godfather is laughing, but then starts to cough. He's beginning to have a heart attack. He starts to fall and grabs for a plant, then falls to the ground lifeless. Die! 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 <laughs> Anthony. Oh, Grandpa, you're hilarious. Anthony finally realizes something is wrong and runs back to the house. The Godfather is dead. Well, that's it for me, folks. But watch for me in Superman, the motion picture, also written by the same guy who wrote this, Mario Puzo. Did you know that I'm so lazy and fat that I gave them the idea that Jor-El should be depicted as a bagel with a voice coming out of it so I didn't have to turn up on the set? This is a true story. Then when I got to the set, this is what I did so I could memorize my lines. Tom, here, come here. Yes, look at this. Yeah, I put that thing on his head and then I stick the dialogue. I go, I don't have to memorize. My friend, you know me to be neither rash nor impulsive. I am not given the wild, unsupported statements. I tell you, we must evacuate this planet Krypton immediately. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds a little like the boardroom scene from earlier, right? Because uh, you all know me here whenever I refused an accommodation. It sounds, it's similar. This Mario Puzo is a putzo. <laughs> well, as uh, Joey in Full House says, <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> I'm out the Godfather, everybody. <laughs> We dissolve to a cemetery. Church bells ring. A procession of cars drives into the cemetery. Chauffeurs open the car doors to let mourners out. Michael, Tom, Mama, Connie, and others are sitting in chairs in front of the Don's flower-covered casket. They watch as mourners place single red roses on top. Michael is carefully watching everyone's expression, like Larry David does in Curb Your Enthusiasm to see if he can get a tell on anyone who might be the traitor. We see Johnny Fontaine and Clemenza toss roses onto the grave. Barzini is next in line, tosses a rose, and gives Michael an evil glance and nod. Hmm, suspicious. We see Tessio all over Barzini's shit and then walk towards Michael. Mike, can I have a minute? Uh, well, gee, Tessio, this is kind of a bad time. My father just died. No one else here has bothered me. You can see I'm just sitting here minding my own business. Is there truly no other time we can do this? God, I hate you. <laughs> do I have to get up? Oh. Marzini wants to arrange a meeting. 
He says we can straighten out any of our problems. You talk to him? Yeah. Well, I, I apologize, Tessio. This is terrific. I'd love to straighten out my problems with you, my dad's trusted friend and our arch enemy of 50 years. I'm so glad you're proactive about this. Yeah, <laughs> I can arrange security on my territory. All right? And you're arranging security on your territory? Well done, Tessio. You've really thought of everything. Well, how could I say no to such a well-thought-out and perfectly planned offer? It's as if you've been scheming behind my back for months to come up with this plan. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Mike. You're going to love Barzini. He's a great guy. Got it, a great guy. Hey, you know who else was a great guy? Hal Linden. And you stabbed him in the back to go do your own series, you selfish prick. <laughs> I should have expected as much. Michael goes back to his seat and sits beside Tom. Do you know how they're going to come at you? Oh, get this. They're arranging a meeting in Brooklyn, Tessie's ground, where I'll be, quote, safe. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> I always thought it'd been Clemenza, not Tessio. Yeah, it's a smart move. Tessio was always smarter. And remember, I always said Clemenza's the fat one and Tessie's the smart one. <laughs> if the move were to take over at Denny's, it would have been Clemenza. <laughs> but I'm going to wait after the baptism. I've decided to be godfather to Connie's baby. And then I'll meet with Don Barzini and Tatalia, all the heads of the five families. Aha. Nice. Okay, what does one thing have to do with the other? Oh, you'll find out. <laughs> Are you giggling? You're out, Tom. All right. I hate you. So, here we go. We cut to the interior of a church. Organ music is heard. And as usual, a baby is crying. Kate carries Carlo and Connie's baby towards the altar, followed by Michael. Marriage. <laughs> Marriage is what brings us together today. Hey, hey, we're not getting married, you idiot. We're here for a baptism. We intercut to the goings-on of Michael's trusted assassins. The first is Rocco, preparing his machine gun. Michael, you can't talk to a priest like that. Okay, I'm about to kill like ten people in about ten minutes. I, uh, I don't think calling a priest an idiot's gonna matter much at this point. Next, Clemenza is coming out of his house with a huge package and heads to his car and even takes the time to wipe a spot off the car with a handkerchief. I'm going to breathe on your baby now. It wards off evil spirits. <laughs> Jesus, Father, you ever hear of a Tic Tac? Next up, Willie Chichi is getting a shave as the barber takes a wad of hot shaving cream and begins applying it to his face while Chichi is smoking, mind you. <laughs> it really doesn't get much manlier. Okay, now I'm going to dip my hand in some Vaseline and sprinkle it on the baby's lip and chin. Why does everything this guy's doing sound so inappropriate? In the last two best pictures of the year deal with child molestation. It's all the rage, apparently. Finally, Alniri takes his old policeman uniform out of a suitcase as we intercut to the priest, dipping his hand in more Vaseline and signing a cross on the baby's forehead. All right, that's enough with the Vaseline and the fondling. It's a girl, don't worry. Alniri is now dressed as a policeman and dumps a paper bag containing badges and a gun onto his bed. Because the good Lord would never disrupt the best game of my life! Hey, isn't that from Caddyshack? <laughs> what gives? 
Clemenza carrying his huge package, not a metaphor for his penis, ascends a very large staircase. One would question why they would give the fattest guy in their arsenal anything that had to do with stairs. Michael, do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? Yeah, I guess. Now we cut to what's happening with the heads of the families. First, Barzini, walking out of the building, stepping on a finished cigarette. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord? I believe in all those things, thank you. Do you believe in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Catholic Church? Dynamite questions, Father. Well, I believe in ghosts. However, lately I'm having some doubts about the Catholic Church. But uh, whatever gets me into heaven, am I right? No, Michael. You're so funny, and I'm so aroused by you. <laughs> Barzini's car is parked. Elneri, dressed as a cop, motions to the chauffeur to move the car. Clemenza, if you can believe it, is still ascending the stairs. Michael, Moises Gladiator in the Policiar, which is Latin for Michael, do you like movies about gladiators? What the? Rocco is greeted by another man with a gun, and they descend steps. Chichi exits the barbershop. Michael, do you believe this baby will grow up to be in Godfather 3 while she would be directed by her actual father to have a kissing scene with her hot cousin, Andy Garcia? I certainly do. Barzini and his bodyguard begin to descend the large steps of the courthouse building and spies Elneri, writing a ticket to his chauffeur. Chichi pauses on the railing, smoking on some steps, waiting for the right moment. Clemenza finally makes it to the fifth floor elevator and presses the button. Mo Green is hilariously getting a massage. Michael Francis Rizzi, do you renounce Satan? I do denounce him, I really do, until of course I play him in The Devil's Advocate where I ask Keanu Reeves to join me for some reason. <laughs> An eternity with Keanu Reeves. It's the punishment I get for doing the mover, movie author, author. Hey-oo. <laughs> the murderers of the heads of uh, five families are all taking place at the same time synchronized perfectly. And now, here's a short video, horribly produced, <laughs> to explain how each Don gets assassinated. Hey, everybody. I'm Don Barzini, and I'm going to get shot in the back by Al Neary and fall down the courthouse stairs. What an asshole that guy is. I'm Victor Stracci. I'm having a real laugh riot in the elevator when Clemenza comes in and shoots me in the nutsack. Ouch. Hi, everybody. I'm Mo Green. I get shot in the eye. I never asked who gave the order. But because I'm dead. But that's what happened. <laughs> And cut. <laughs> cut. 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 <laughs> ah. Hello there. I'm Philip Tartaglia. I get shut up in a bed with a hooker. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Huh? Hey, this is Don Cuneo, and I got shot in the revolving door by Willie Chi-Chi. He should have bumped the, uh, the, the revolving door glass. <laughs> <laughs>
Because the family has a lot of buffers. You get it? All right, I'm done with that. Listen, Jessica, I got, an, I got an idea for you. You should combine your episode of Crashing with The Godfather. This would work. You ready? Here's how it will go. Pretend Don Cudio is about to tell you he got a job doing warm-up for the Rachel Ray Show. Here we go. <laughs> Don Cudio, I don't know, I'm gonna take the deal with Cudio, and I gotta go over there. There's a revolving door. I might be. I got it! I got it! I got it! Jump down! Take your shirt off! Take your shirt off! The devils are on the phone. They want the deal. Russ Maneev's name's been besmirched. He's on an apology, Senator. And scene. <laughs> Thank you, Dons. And thank you for all of your commitment to high-resolution video. When asked to do a fucking favor. <clears throat> we cut to the dead bodies as the baptism is completed. Everyone is walking down the church steps. Michael cannot contain himself with joy. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm dying to know how, everyone wor how everything worked out with all the people I killed today. This is like being at a wedding during the Super Bowl when you're aching to look at the score. Rocco drives up and whispers in Michael's ear. Is that right? Really? In the eye, you say? Ooh, that's rich. A prostitute? I didn't give any order to kill a prostitute. Oh, she was in bed with Italia. And she was an anti-Semite. Well, I guess a win-win. Everybody is in a great mood. Congratulations are in order for Carlo and Connie, Kay and Mike. Mike is still so giddy. Well, that was a hell of a baptism. What a fun time. We should do this every week, right? Hey, Kate, what's up with you? We never talk. Well, you know, I was thinking of maybe getting a part-time job or something. I Michael mean, interrupts Kay when he sees Carlo. Hey, Carlo, my boy. How's it hanging, Carlo? What's up, Mike? I'm as giddy as a schoolgirl on a snow day. How you feeling? I'm great. I couldn't be better. I can't wait to get to Vegas. I'm itching to get to those tables. Oh, yeah, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, you can't go. Ah, oh, gee, Mike, that's too bad. I was really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, something's come up. Everyone's gonna leave without us. Oh, Michael, it was our first vacation together. Hey, Connie, shut the fuck up! <laughs> See, that's exactly why you're not coming. You really don't get it, do you? Go back to the house. Wait for my call. It's important. You want me to just sit by the phone? Yeah. Well, can't you just tell me now what you want to tell me so I don't have to wait? I mean, it kind of seems a little ominous. Michael, why are you always... Don't ask me about my business, Kay! All right. I mean, yes. uh... Oh, honey bunch, you, you know how it is. <laughs> Michael, why are you always changing plans? Kay, this weekend we'll go out. Yeah, we'll go to the city. We'll see a show and we'll have dinner, I promise. What? Why do you always say that? Kay, I don't have time for this. I have to go home and kill Carlo. What? I mean, kill, kill Carlo with kindness. How you doing, pal? We cut to the Don's kitchen. Tessio is on the phone talking to someone. I'm not sure who it could be that doesn't know Barzini and everyone else has been killed, so maybe he's only pretending to be on the phone. It's a little odd. We're on our way to Brooklyn. Gee, I hope Mike can get us a good deal tonight. I'm sure he'll be back... Uh, I'm sure he will, you backstabbing prick. Excuse me? Nothing, nothing. Let's just pretend everything is okay. Tessie and Tom leave the house walking to the car until Willie Chichi stops them. Sal, Tom, the boss says he'll come in a separate car. He says for you two to go on ahead. Hell, he can't do that. It screws up all my arrangements. <laughs> well, that's what he said. I can't go either, Sal. Two more button men stop up to 
step up to Tessio and block his path. Tessio just stops and stares at everyone because he's figured out the jig is up. Tell Mike it was only business. I always liked him. Well, he understands that. But it's definitely a funny way of showing it, Tessio. Excuse me, sir. Just going to grab that gun from your jacket, if you don't mind. I, oh, sure. It wasn't even loaded. Uh, so, Tom, can you get me off the hook? For old time's sake. I could, but I won't. So there's no way I can get out of this. Can't do it, Sally. Then I'll just say this. I never actually liked Mike. I didn't care for his attitude when he poo-pooed on my pull-chain toilet idea. And when I say poo-pooed, I mean that literally and figuratively. And as for you, my crut friend, I'm glad you're no longer consigliere. You suck, Tom. Fuck all of you. Tom gives a nod, and the button man takes Sal into the car. Hey, do you mind if we stop at a 7-Eleven on the way? I want to pick up a girly mag before they close. I don't mind. All those magazines, though. Too much bush. Love bush. We cut to Carlo's house. We cut to Carlo's house. Daytime. Tom, Michael, Elneri, and Rocco enter. Carlo is dialing the phone, but when he sees all those ruffians come in, he gets nervous. You have to answer for Santino, Carlo. Uh, Mike, can I just have a minute while I finish this call? Uh, so, sure, Mom. Yeah, I'll take you to church on Sunday. Then we'll go take those Girl Scouts out for lunch after we adopt those puppies from the cancer clinic. Okay, bye, Mom. So, Mike, what's up? You look terrific. <laughs> you fingered Sunday for the Barzini people. And that little farce you played with me, sister? With my sister? <laughs> you think that could fool a Corleone? Well, until now, I thought it could. <laughs> but seriously, Mike, I'm innocent. I swear on the kids. The ink isn't even dry on your kids' baptism papers yet. What? That's some Godfather, too. Yeah, I'm previewing. Now sit down. Carlos sits as Michael pulls a chair up next to him. Bazzini's dead. Really? I never liked him. He never bathed. Let me finish. So was Philip Tatalia, Mo Green, Stracci, Cuneo. Today I settled all family business. So don't tell me you're innocent, Carlo. Admit what you did. I'll get him a drink. <sighs> oh, God, thank you. I could use a drink. I'll have uh, Brandy Alexander. Uh, come on, don't be afraid, Carlo. You think I'd make my sister a widow? I'm godfather to your son, Carlo. All right. I really thought I was a dead duck. Right. Why would you make your sister my sister? Why would you make your sister a widow? That would make like zero sense. Now go ahead, drink it. Wait a minute. What'd you do to it? Hey, who am I, Bill Cosby? Now come on, drink it. No, Carlo, you're out of the family business. That's your punishment. You're finished. I'm putting you on a plane to Vegas. Tom? That's it? I'm out of the family business? Big fucking deal. <laughs> this is awesome. Tom hands Michael a plane ticket, which he hands to Carlo. I want you to stay there, you understand? Hey, I don't need a five-ton weight to drop on me to leave. I am out of here. Only don't tell me you're innocent because it insults my intelligence and makes me very angry. Now, who approached you, Tatalia or Bazzini? Mike, I'd love to tell you, but I'm in such a rush. I got to catch that plane to Vegas. I'll call you as soon as I get there. Carlo! I can't remember. Everyone was talking. I guess it was Bartini. There, I said it. Bartini. Bartini! We're good, right? Good. There's a car waiting for you outside to take you to the airport. I'll call your wife to tell her what flight you're on. Ah, oh, gee, Mike. You thought of everything. That's really quite kind. Now go on, get out of my sight. See, Med. Rocco helps Carlo out with his coat. Well, I need a little flower drum song. Carlo pauses. Can I just say, 
even though I've only been in this family a short time. And I definitely get the feeling that you guys really never took to me, especially that horrible Sonny. Ugh, so glad he's gone. Am I right? Anyway, I have never met a more nice and polite bunch of underworld hoodlums than you guys. You gave me a drink. You helped me with my coat like a gentleman. You're even going to call my wife so I don't have to waste time on the way to the airport. Carlo heads outside where the button men are putting Carlo's luggage into the rear of the car. Oh, my God. You guys even packed my luggage and are putting it into the car for me? You guys are just the absolute most, to say the least. <laughs> Carlo gets into the front seat of the car. Clemenza is already in the car in the back. Hello, Carlos. Hey, Clemenza. Where the hell you been, you fat fuck? It's awesome to see you. Hey, check it out. I'm going to Vegas. I'm out of the family. <laughs> Michael, Elneri, and Tom emerge as Rocco locks the door, and the car begins to drive away. Carlos sticks his head out the window to say goodbye. So long, suckers. And it was me who set up the whole Bartzini thing to kill Sonny. Yeah, I did that. I'm Carlos, bitches. Ha ha ha. Clemenza garrots Carlo, who gets pulled back and kicks his feet at the windshield, which breaks as the car continues to roll. What a gruesome ending for such a delight like myself. Oh, well, that's what you get when you punch a pregnant woman in the face. Carlo, out! We dissolve. After the applause, we had dissolved to the Corleone Mall. Moving men load a truck labeled John J. Bar Bartok Moving. The Corleones are moving to Nevada. A limousine drives through the gate, stopping beside the truck, and Connie gets out, arguing with her mother, who's seated in the car. She is irate. What are you trying to tell me, Mama? Please! Oh, shit! Connie runs into the house, crying, and desperately looks to Mike. Connie storms into the den. Michael is sitting at his desk with Elneri behind him. It doesn't look like he's doing anything, but when somebody opens the door unexpectedly, and you're always expecting somebody to be getting a blowjob. <laughs> Michael, you lousy bastard! You killed my husband! You motherfucker! Wait, wait, wait. Car Carlo's dead? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you waited until Papa died so nobody could stop you, then you killed him, then you blamed him for Sonny, you did all that shit, you motherfucker! You always did. Everybody did. Fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah, because we were right. He admitted it. But you never thought about me. You never gave a damn about me. You never thought that maybe I like being hit in the face all the time and, you know, having my life threatened while I'm sleeping. You didn't think maybe that could turn me on or something or what, you know. I was into personally. This is just like the time when we were kids and you told me, you know, you told mom about how I kissed that boy when I told you not to. It's like that. Yeah, it's exactly like that. What the fuck? <laughs> now what am I going to do? Find a nicer guy. Connie is inconsolable. Kay puts her arms around her to calm her down. <laughs> Sorry. Why do you think he kept Carlo at the mall all the time? He knew he was going to kill him. Why do you think that happened, huh? Well, I wasn't positive until the Magic 8-Ball said I should. <laughs> and you stood godfather to our baby, you lousy, cold-hearted bastard, you motherfucker. You motherfucker. <laughs> Want to know how many men he killed with Carlo? Read the papers. Read the papers, well, you well, motherfucker. Well, hold on. It's in the paper. Yeah. Hey, guys, how do you like that? We made the papers. <laughs> Connie goes towards Michael. Alneri holds her back until Michael motions is okay. 
Come, come here, Connie. Aren't you, aren't you adorable? Give your older brother a hug, huh? Hey, you remember that time Pop farted while he was driving us to Sunday school? <laughs> that was classic, yeah. <laughs> Wait, no! No, you motherfucker! <laughs> now, hold, hold on. No spitting, no spitting. It's so weird. This is just like the ending of Scarface. Good thing she doesn't have a weapon. I'll get her upstairs. Go get her a doctor. Al takes Connie out of the room. Michael sighs and lights a cigarette. He knows Kay is staring at him, but he's going to pretend not to notice. (laughs) (laughs) These cigarettes sure are tasty. How you doing, man? That Connie boy, I'll tell you, she's hysterical. And I don't mean crazy. I mean, she's hysterically funny, right? Those are some crazy accusations. Michael, is it true? Don't ask me about my business, Kay. (laughs) Now we'll go to the city this weekend. We'll see a show and we'll have dinner, I promise. (laughs) What the hell? That's your answer every time I ever ask you a question. I want real answers. My tits are confused again. (laughs) And we've never got to see that show, Michael. I want to see the pictures, the picture show. Is it true? I want answers. Don't ask me about my business. How do you like your lasagna? God damn it, Michael. Is it true? All right, all right, I'll tell you what. This one time, this one time, I'll let you ask me about my business. Oh, I wasn't prepared for that. I mean, well, how do you like that? This really is something. Okay, let me just make sure it's the right question, because it's like I've wanted to ask you all kinds of things. What do they put in water to make it wet? Can a dog and a cat have a baby? Wait a second. No, that wasn't what I wanted to ask you. Okay, let me just make sure this is the one question I want to ask. (laughs) Because I still have some questions about that band leader. And also, someone told me you may have been previously married to this Italian girl that was, you know, real stupid, but she was hot or whatever, and she only knew the days of the week. Wait, was there ever a broad like that? Is that true? No, wait, that's not what I want to ask you. I want to ask you another thing. That's not my question. No. Oh, shit. I know I only got one. Okay, I'm going to go with this one. The Connie thing. Michael, tell me the truth. Baby, is it true? Uh, Hell no. Come on. For real? I mean, can you imagine such a thing? (laughs) Oh, yeah. What was I thinking? (laughs) Oh, oh my God. What a sigh of relief. Wow. I got to tell you, you know, because like... I know. I know you were like... I I was like... (laughs) What's happening? I know. I was like, what kind of a monster is he? (laughs) Exactly. I guess we both need a drink, huh? Now you're talking. I can't believe I thought all that stuff in the papers was real. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fake news, you know, it's here to stay, am I right? (laughs) Oh, 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 Michael, you're hilarious. (laughs) I love life. Yes. Kay leaves the room to fix Michael a drink. At the same time, Rocco, Clemenza, and Al Neri enter the office. Clemenza shakes Michael's hand. Kay turns her head to watch them. She's seeing all of the men embrace Michael, then kiss his hand. Oh, faggots. Don Corleone. Rocco kisses Michael's hand. Hey, Michael, baby, we're out of vermouth. Do you want just a straight vodka? El Neri begins to shut the door. Al, ask Michael if he's good with straight vodka. I can put the olives in anyway. Al! Oh, no, you're not shutting the door on me, are you? Oh, why'd you just do that? Michael, oh, my life is such shit. Oh, you open that door this minute. Do you hear me, Michael? What are you guys doing in there? I can hear you kissing each other's hands and queering off and stuff. The hell is she babbling about? 
Mike, you know how it is. Bitches be bitches. End episode five. The Godfather, everybody. That's our show. Let's uh, meet the cast. Mateo Lane, everybody. Mateo Lane's going to be at the uh, Pangea. Mateo at the Bonsoir on May 27th. Thank you, Mateo. William Stevenson will be around the com- at the Comedy Cellar right Thursday night around the corner. Lenny Marcus will also be at the Comedy Cellar Thursday night. There's Lenny. Greg Rogel will be appearing here tomorrow night on this stage. Rachel Feinstein appearing with the Chuckle Patch at the Magic Garden May 19th through the 22nd. Mr. Jim Norton, you can hear him every day on the Jim and Sam Show on Sirius XM Radio, channel 103. And Danny Natterman every week on the Comedy Cellar Radio Show on Sirius XM. Colin Smith on guitar, Noam Dorman on mandolin, and Susan Wang on the accordion. Thank you so much to Jessica Curson, Liz Furiati, Sam Blood, and Lights and Memo on Sound. I'm Dave Juskow. Dave Thank you Juskow. so much, everybody. We'll see you September 12th for Greece. Thanks for coming. <laughs>